Welcome to a very special Leap Day edition of Look At My Records. It's the last episode of Look At My Records on Radio Free Brooklyn. Next week, I'll be debuting a new radio program called Local Fidelity. Look At My Records will, of course, still be a podcast. You can always listen at lookatmyrecords.com. For today's episode, I recently had a rousing conversation with Uncle Funkle. He's now based in Brooklyn, previously based in Los Angeles and Portland, and he has a solo album coming out in April called Fuji. He just dropped the second single, Row Your Boat, when we recorded the interview. The single was not yet released, but he gave us some insight into the track, talked about it a little bit, and you can hear his take right here. Row Your Boat, which is a... which is from Fuji. Um, I think it's the third track on the record. And um, But if anyone listened to uh, I Just Don't Give a Fuck Anymore, you'll find uh, it's kind of in a similar sonic landscape with um, uh, a lot of electric piano and, uh, and warbly synthesizers, uh, big sexy swells, lots of uh, extended chord voicings, a uh, saxophone solo provided by... Um, my friend Jake Dester, who is sax, sax on a train, at sax on a train on Instagram. <laughs> Lots of videos of him playing his horn. Um, my good friend uh, Lucas Gorham, a.k.a. Uh, Heaven the Dude, who also plays in the memories pretty frequently. He uh, laid down a guitar solo on this track. And uh, yeah, a lot of my lyrical, um, uh, what I'm reaching for in the lyrics on this music is a lot of... Um, kind of like uh, Taoism, uh, sort of Alan Watts vibes, uh, kind of Terrence McKenna kind of things where I'm thinking about psychedelia and uh, talking about, uh, you know, what is life, what is existence, and um, trying to just have some fun with it all. Get ready to have some fun with Row Your Boat right after this song. You'll hear the rest of my interview with Uncle Funkel. You're listening to Look at My Records on Radio Free Brooklyn. You know you want it. You spend your whole lifetime on it. And if you break, that's your whole life too. Why not be real? Show the world how you feel. No one can find. What you keep in your mind Row, row, row your boat Oh, 
Welcome to Look at My Records, Mr. Uncle Funkle, real name Chris. Oh, thank you. We met a couple of weeks ago at the Shadow Year That's show. correct. A bunch of great bands played at that gig. That was, uh, I was impressed with the, um, I actually only was there for the group beforehand. What are they, uh... Sourdough. Sourdough very was very impressive. good, too. Yes. Very impressive. I agree wholeheartedly and, about um, how much I liked Sourdough. Yeah, they had a great a great sound, well-executed, um, cool look and all that. So very impressive. And then Shadow Year. I've been working a lot with Shadow Year, but that was the first time I had seen them perform live. Me, too. First and time I, I saw them, them live. Impressive. And I've been enjoying their music for a while. So yeah. it was great to see them. They're great. They're special. They are They are special. Great performers, great musicians, very friendly group of people, too. So that's why I love working with them. Totally. So I'm really excited for this interview. Me, too. You've been working more on your solo stuff recently. True. You had a new single come out, I yep. Don't Give a Fuck Anymore. Yeah, just, uh, what, two weeks ago A couple weeks ago. Yeah. And you have an album coming out in April. Correct. My my single that just came out, I Just Don't Give a Fuck Anymore, was kind of the soft announce of my album. Um uh, Fuji, which is an album I've been working on for a couple years now. I kind of, as a solo artist, work very slowly. Um, and, uh, you know, about f- 14 or 15 months ago, I moved to New York um, to manage this recording studio out in uh, Rockaway. And um, in the time that I've been out there, every time I don't have clients in there, I'm able to work on my own stuff. And, and uh, yeah, so now I'm kind of drawing to a close on this album. And I kind of, at the beginning of this year, was thinking, oh, I have all this unfinished stuff. I really should um, uh, regiment myself uh, and come up with a plan of releasing it so that it doesn't just live in my hard drives. And so, yeah, I started uh, with the first single announcing my album on the last week, or the last Friday of January. I started the... Um, uh, I think I'm going to call it the Funkles Final Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was reading about that. So you're planning on releasing a new song the last Friday yeah. of every month, yeah, starting so, in March. So, well, starting in uh, starting in January, I already started, and yeah. then I have uh, another single coming out on the 27th of, of February called "Row Your Boat," which is uh, another single for my album. Uh, March is, will be another single, the third and final single for the album, and then after that, I have loads of. Um, Different collaborations and 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 just kind of uh, uh, more um, pop oriented type of music that uh, to me doesn't quite fit into uh, a lot of my albums are pretty conceptual and so I have uh, you know other things to release so I'm very excited to yeah, get it you, all out there. You're a very busy guy with a really interesting background as far as in all the different bands you've played with. You are a member of White Fang, Correct. which started in. Portland, Oregon, Correct. maybe like 10, 12 years ago about? Yeah, well, fif- 15, 15 fif- years 14 ago. 15 wow. years ago, yeah. For, at, at the end of this year, it'll be 15 years. Wow. December 2005 when my um, my best friend, Ricky, who uh, is uh, um, somewhat uh, uh, famous on the internet as Free Weed is his uh, solo yes, name. Yes, solo. And, uh, and also his kind of like uh, artist name, you know, his, his name, his Instagram name, all that. And... Um, he start. He founded White Fang in 2005, and then um, over the course of the next few years or so, uh, um, so it, it kind of turned into the four-piece band that it, we now sort of represent. Um, save one member. I joined the White Fang in uh, late 2008, so yeah. about 12 years I've been involved. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then also in 2010, he the same guy Ricky Free Weed, uh, Ricky Gage. He um, and our ex bandmate. Kyle Hanley uh, founded 
the Memories, which is uh, essentially the the White Fang sister band. It's like the, the same members, uh, you know, give or take uh, a few kind of guests who come in and out. And um, yeah, ever since then we've been uh, touring and releasing albums uh, somewhat regularly. Tell me how this all this all started. Well, it's it it, it it's all a blur, <laughs> but no, as well as as well as I can remember, um, me me and the. Um, the core kind of lineup of uh, of Whitefang were um, friends starting as far back as uh, middle school at Alasat Middle School in Southeast Portland, um, and we knew each other and we were friends and we all were recognized each other as part of uh, um, the somewhat. I, I, I hate to call it a scene, but there was a bit of a, of a musically inclined scene of kids at the school who were, you know played bass and drums or whatever, and 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 we all knew each other through through that kind of music musical uh, cliques that we were all a part of and and in high school I started a band called Fat Jack actually this was in the end of middle school I started this band called Fat Jack um, with this guy um, Mike Ehart uh, this guy Kyle Handley who was one of them ended up being one of the main members of Wifing for a long time and uh, this guy Charlie Hofford and and anyway uh, we had this band and we were kind of the like rock band I was sort of uh, it was sort of this suspended in the in the late seventies kind of vibe where we were just like yeah classic rock like we love <laughs> yeah. we love Van Halen yeah. and, and you know whatever um, and then when that kind of um, fell when that band sort of disappeared uh, um, pretty much when I was leaving to go to college uh, this guy Ricky had had, had had already started during high school this this little label collective um, called uh, Bear Trap collective um sorry if i'm getting any of these details wrong anyone who's listening but uh (laughs) (laughs) but we you know we had a uh we had like a um our in oregon you have this uh the certificate of advanced mastery which is uh, kind of like where you come up with like sort of your high school major for lack of a better word and uh and uh, many of us were in arts and communications was one of the ones that you could choose and uh we had this teacher um, Jeremiah Franzen, who was very supportive of uh, of, of the kind of DIY sort of thing, and he was kind of a part of that Bear Trap Records collection collective. Anyway, I ended up going to college and um, would come back to Portland regularly and hang out with my um, with my my friends, my like stoner buddies, and 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 one of those was my very close friend Ricky, who had. Um, Started a cassette tape label, Nar Tapes. Basically, um, as the story goes, he had received a like a fifty dollar gift card or something, Visa gift card from, uh, I believe, his grandmother, and um, and didn't know what to spend it on, and uh, bought a case of blank tapes, and then was able to dub those tapes with, uh, I think, you know, very limited, maybe even one of a kind cassettes from uh, people around the um, Portland underground scene, like. Um, uh, like, like White Rainbow Yacht. Some of these people were the early cassette scene, and and um, I remember really clearly one day in uh, in the winter of 2008 when um, I was visiting, and uh, he and I had, went along for a walk, and he was like, you know, I want to take this Nartips thing to the next level, and then I just don't know what to how to do it, and he was confused about the technological aspect of making a website and and all this kind of the the business. You know, filing the paperwork and all that kind of stupid shit, and uh, um, and so I, he asked if I would join him and become his kind of number two in this organization. And this was before I was a member 
of White Fang, and I agreed. I said, yeah, let's do it. And so we started working on that, and that was kind of when um, Nartapes sort of turned into something when it had a website, and we were we were working to uh, to kind of make the moves that we wanted to make to, to be a DIY thing and, and to follow in the footsteps of, of um, you know, our kind of... Uh, uh, people we looked up to like k records marriage records um uh kill rock stars sub pop these northwest kind of um kind of labels that were doing similar sort of things and we were saying you know cassette tapes were cheap and they sounded cool and they were boutique and and uh you know we started moving in that direction and eventually um i joined white fang just kind of randomly they were having a, a practice one time when i was up there and uh and i said oh i you know i um studied music and I have a long history of being involved in music and I said oh let me let me jam with you guys while you practice because I knew all the songs they were all I knew all the songs so I was like let's jam and I played the bass guitar and they were like you should join the band and then ever since then we have been um, touring the world and releasing music somewhat regularly and um, making worldwide connections in the DIY scene so let's focus on the Uncle Funkle record that's about to come out and your move to New York. Yeah. You came here about a year and a half ago. Yeah, in no- to, November of, to, of 2018, so for 14 months. To work in a studio yeah. out in uh, Rockaway, right? Yeah, Rockaway Park, Queens. And what have you been doing there working on, and you work on Uncle Funkle stuff while you're out there, and yeah. and how's that been going? Well, I love it. I, um, I... Um, to give a brief history of my relationship with the um, the studio and the label that owns and or or co-owns it now, um, Axis Mundi Records is a um, is this label based out of um, New York. Uh, it's these these two guys. Um, this guy Graham, who is uh, he plays guitar in. Um, uh, uh, Crystal Fighters, pretty big. Um, they're pretty big in Europe. This this uh, kind of indie pop rock, um, uh, lower sh- like upper mid level, you know, s- lower stadium level kind of band. Pretty big, um, successful group. And uh, he has had experience working with uh, major labels. And somewhere in the, his career, decided, you know, I want to be um, kind of a bastion for the independent artist. And and had you know this kind of label that he wanted to start. And this guy Bill, who um, I met him from him being kind of just a big fan of music and, and every time the Memories of Wifing was in New York, I would see this guy, Bill, um, and then, you know, jump forward a while and they had decided they wanted to help us with a Memories album um, and have us put it out and they had the studio in New York and so they had f- had brought us out in July of or actually late June of 2018 after after I think almost two years of deliberating about when and how this was going to happen they brought us out put us up in an Airbnb and said we're going to record this album now at the time sort of a side note we were um, uh, in a somewhat sorry situation with our our warehouse slash studio slash record store in Los Angeles um, just kind of um, struggling to keep our head above water in the financial sense and um, I was like well great we're, we have to go to New York and record it's going to be a good um, experience but uh, maybe I will spend a lot of my time working on my laptop because I do a lot of freelance stuff to make ends meet from time to time and so I was thinking I would be coming and working on that but uh, um, 
when we got here, they were like, okay, well, which one of you guys is like best with Pro Tools? And we, there's no producer, there's no engineer here at the studio, so we're going to leave you guys to it. And um, that was me. And so I, I, I kind of was the head engineer and producer for this Memories project alongside um, one of the other main members of the, mem- of the Memories and White Fang is um, this beautiful young man named Isaac Arita. <laughs> and uh, he um, was kind of the other lead engineer because he also knows Pro Tools that was kind of what it, what it came down to was whether or not you could operate the um, the Pro Tools rig and uh, okay so long story short we finished that project up and get that to the mixing engineer and now months are we're back in LA months have gone by and I reach out to these um, people and say hey uh, I you know thanks again for everything and um, I would love to come back out if um, there's any availability at the studio and work on some solo stuff and they said well availability there hasn't been anyone in there since since you guys left there's no no one is ever out there because it's in Rockaway no one can make it out there there's no engineer so people have to engineer it themselves and it's this whole kind of um, barrier to people working in the studio and at that point they had floated this thing where um, they said, you know, man, I just wish that there was someone who was out, lived out there and could take care of the studio. And that just kind of got the gears turning with all of us where they said, well, maybe that could be you. And and and, and I was shocked because that was going to be, um, you know, all of a sudden it was like I went home to my apartment with my, or my girlfriend's apartment that night. And I said, hey, you know, Axis Mundi suggested that I should move to New York and, and run their studio. And I you know, I want to do it. And it was this weird thing where all of a sudden the entire, entire trajectory of my life was going to change. And, uh, you know, they, um, it was a hard decision to make, but it just kind of came down to, it sounds silly to say it out loud, but just like the gear, I was like, they had this, they have this Juno synthesizer that I use on all my records that I, I was like, I just want to be around that synthesizer and, and these, this, these mic pre's and the microphones. And, um, I can use this time to, uh, finish up my stuff and have my own space because actually at the time I was getting um, really worked up about um, um, my my workflow I never I was it was hard for me to ever find um, a space to practice uh, and um, it was just so much cohabitation in my life it was I was either um, at work with the guys or at home with my girlfriend and um I felt like just kind of stuck in a rut in LA and um, uh, and so I came out here to do this and then in that time I've been working with um, artists uh, that are part of Axis Mundi um, I've been working with clients that I've brought in you know sort of the goal of this whole experiment was to was to turn this recording studio rather than into a, a money pit for the label into something that when the label w- didn't have any use for it was a um, you know a business that could keep itself afloat yeah, totally. and that was that was what I came to do and that was uh, you know it's been successful I, I when I before this I've always wanted to have a studio and I've always had you know the capacity to record and what whatever you know cheap cheap equipment and, and pirated software that I could get my hands on ever ever since I you know a young teenager I was doing that but I never wanted to run a recording studio because um, engineering other groups was always somewhat of a of a nightmare and it was so difficult to please a lot of people um, but in my experience here in New York where the studio is of a generally high quality I have found that. People are generally easier to please, and it's a much more 
gratifying experience for everyone involved. And so, yeah, I just love it. I love working there. I love being out here. It's very nice. Cool. And tell me about Fuji. Let's talk about yeah. this new record that is coming out in April. Yes. It's your first solo album since Supernatural, which came out in 2016. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. What 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 does it sound like in comparison to Supernatural? Well, How has your sound evolved since then? Yeah, so um, my first... So my originally when when I kind of founded this project Uncle Funkel it was when Nartapes had worked on a um a series that we were calling the uh GGBB cassette tape series and that stand, stood for Good Guys Bad Band which was sort of a uh <laughs> um you know a phrase that 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 I kind of always thought that we sort of came up with but then I started hearing it around and I was like I don't know if it was um, something we came up with, but but anyway, it was going to be kind of like the Kiss solo album thing, where each of us had our own um, solo records, and um, um, and so I made this thing called Rub Rub Relief, and I came up with the name Uncle Funkle because uh, I actually don't know how I came up with it, but I one time was looking through my um, college notebooks and found it written written next to a doodle, so I guess it's been in there in my subconscious for a while. But anyway, um, my first thing was. Um, kind of this uh, this satirical um, kind of a parody of the experience of listening to the radio. So there was uh, there was many different genres and um, even kind of skits that were commercials or talk shows. And then um, my follow up record to that was kind of an expansion on that concept. It's called Picture of My Dick, and that was um, again a very the, it was a concept record about the satire of the experience of listening to the radio. Again, with fake commercials, fake skits, all that kind of stuff. And then Supernatural was my follow-up where I was like, okay, I'm going to move away from that skits thing, maintain this kind of concept record thing where I had a narrative and a story, and I was going to explore these uh, these different genres. And uh, I like that record. I think it, it came out really well, and I worked really hard on it. Um, but now, many years have passed, and my sound has evolved to a point where this record was kind of the first time that I um, had sort of a predetermined kind of sound I was going for, and I tried to flesh it out as opposed to in the past when I kind of was, it was more about a, a concept or kind of a bit or a punchline that I was kind of reaching for, and however else the pieces fell into place would work. Um, so yeah, I, there is a sound change. Now I have kind of distinctly reaching for a, um, you know, inspired by the harmonic and, and, and melodic vocabulary of jazz and R&B and wow, soul music. Yeah. And uh, rhythmically kind of uh, also a jazz R&B kind of world, but some, you know, the hip hop and... Um, um, rap style production, and uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm trying to kind of be uh, have this music that's kind of smooth and and sophisticated and expensive sounding, um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where where I'm at. It actually was inspired very heavily by when uh, I went on tour as a substitute member of that band Mild High Club, and um, they did an Asian tour where I was needed to substitute for a member of the band who wasn't able to sort out um, visa stuff. And so I was able to sort out my visa, went with them, and had this real inspiring experience um, 
that was kind of centered around uh, um, <laughs> jazz and 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 soul musical motifs, and uh, um, I was inspired to make something similar, and that that you know that's kind of the impetus of that, and that's why it's the the album's called Fuji. Um, there's some Japanese um, themes in the music. I chose to release it um, on the same day as this. Final Fantasy VII remake video game is coming out because that's a, a Japanese cultural sort of wow. institution, and uh, yeah, it's all again with the kind of reaching for different conceptual stuff to help me make so, so did decisions. You, did you start writing songs for this record immediately while you're on the road? I was in Japan. Band, I was in Japan when I started. Uh, yeah, on, on my laptop I had like uh, Fruity Loops, I guess it was, and um, and I started coming up with material in hotel rooms and on the trains and on the planes and stuff. Oh, wow, that's so cool. And yeah. was there specific Japanese music that inspired it or Well, yeah, I mean, I've always been I've always been inspired by um um, you know, Harry Hasano and uh um and Tatsuro Yamashita and, you know, Yellow Magic Orchestra. Um Kitaro is a uh, Japanese composer that I um I quite enjoy and um from the kind of new age um school of music from the 80s and synthesizer stuff um so yeah i think that there is a um a style of music but 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 really i think that because of the japanese diaspora in in south america and brazil specifically and um and i mean who knows what else i might be speaking completely out of my ass but there is already a very distinct love of the kind of R&B and jazz landscape and disco in Japan even at the 7-Elevens and 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 all over you hear these kind of smooth sexy saxophone sounds all over the place um and yeah just the experience of being there and and uh and and not just in Japan um I don't want to you know I give credit where credit is due we went to we went to Taipei and um played with this band Sunset Roller Coaster um which if anyone if anyone out there is listening knows that group, they know that that group is really fantastic. Um, super smooth, sexy, great melodies, very well performed. They're like a six-piece band. Um, and uh, that was very, you know, I, the whole vibe when I was there, I was like, wow, this is like this whole crazy, jazzy, neo-soul kind of world that I'm in. It sounds, I feel silly saying it out loud that I pretty much just like was like, oh, I want to sound like that after like playing in Mild High Club and like, <laughs> totally, because yeah. it sounds like I have a friend who is very involved in the Beijing music scene out in China. And sometimes when you visit out east, the music scene seems completely different is, than anything you'd experience here in the it States or even in Europe. So yeah. it's cool to hear that that experience had a really profound impact on you. Was that your first time touring out there? It or was my first with... time in Asia, yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, um, I am just you know elated at the idea that I might be able to go back I mean uh, I met a lot of people out there and, and our tour manager in Mild High Club is um, a Japanese gentleman who uh, he is like um, uh, he works for Stone's Throw which is the label that Mild High Club is on and um, you know I I've, you know I guess all that to say I I hopefully made some lasting connections while I was out there yes. and uh, yeah we'll see I, I um, there's n- you know, my white thing and the memories are my kind of bigger 
things that I'm involved with and that I can expect to be touring regularly in. And we both have new projects coming out. So hopefully one of these things that I'm doing will take me back out to Asia where I, um, yeah, I just loved it. It was just amazing. Yeah. The food and the people were so cool. You've spent so much time on the road with all these different bands. It's so interesting to hear all the different connections you've made over the course of your music career. It truly is amazing. Um, You know, as long as I've known my my best friend Ricky, he always told me that, you know, his, his... his highest measure of success and the thing that he wanted to do above anything else was to travel and that was why he started doing music and why he's been an artist is to get around and just see things and um, you know I try not to take it for granted because because it's an amazing thing to be able to be on the road and travel I mean it's also this huge pain in the ass a lot of the time and people are like wow you're so lucky you get to like go and see all these places and it's like well all I see is the highway and then the green room and then the hotel and and but sometimes, you know, sometimes you get to have those magical experiences. And and you get to meet a lot of great people. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Hell yeah. Let's play some songs, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's play I Don't Give a Fuck Anymore. Fuck yeah. And then what else do you want to play, man? Well, my um, kind of big hit is this song called Magic Woman from 2011. Actually, it's pretty old. And by hit, I mean, you know, whatever has the most plays on, uh, on my... Uh, Spotify and then um, Free Weed by Free Weed is a song that I produced that has you know that's our that's our whole uh, company's big big swinger with you know a mil- over a million plays or whatever oh yeah oh I love Touched by an Angel oh, hell yeah. it's two that's a great one yeah that is and a classic Table for Two yeah Table for Two, two. <laughs> Dude, uh. yes I have all this I, I guess I haven't uh, I haven't played the record in a while but I loved uh, Love is the Lie yeah. and Touched by an Angel yes. are both really, really so good. great stuff. Um, okay, so let's play I Don't Give a Fuck. I Just Perfect. Don't Give a Fuck Anymore. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, uh, Free Weed by Free Weed. What was the 2011 song? Magic Woman. Magic Woman. And we'll play Table for Two because I love nice. that song. Love it. Table for Two. Da-na-na-na-na. I like when he's like that. <laughs> Just can you imagine what the Mater D will. I can't remember. <laughs> it's so good. Such a fucking good song. Such a good song. And um, you're about to hear Uncle Funkle related music on Look at My Records.
make her feel special. It had been a minute since I'd taken the time to unwind. It had been a while. So I walked up to the door, held it open for my girl. You should have seen my girl's face when I walked up to that made a D and I said, I need a table for two, I'm not here alone. Table for two and then we're going on. Table for two, I'm not here alone. Table for two and then we're going on. Table for two, I'm not here alone. Table for two, and then we're going home. Table for two, I'm not here alone. Table for two, and then we're going home. The dinner was delicious, and I didn't even have to do the dishes. The smile on her face is a memory I'll never erase. We're back. We're back. Now we're gonna play some records that she selected. From oh yeah, what a fun uh, project that was! Starting with "So Sad to Watch Good Love Go Bad" by the Everly Brothers yeah. from the Golden Hits of the Everly Brothers. So nice, great song. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You love the Everly Brothers. A you lot? know, I've I've always been a big fan of um, the Everly Brothers, and uh, I think it really comes down to how. Um, it's just so clean. Like there was just such a high standard of, of musicianship back then that like even on a on a pop record, it, it was this like flawless execution by a group of musicians, lush, really nice harmonies. I really like how the Everly Brothers are a duo. I think that uh, music that is um, that is written for two voices. Um, kind of allows for harmonic context to become melodic context in a certain way. Um, and I really enjoy it. And they have such a beautiful voice. And uh, I they just do. love it. Next, The World Is Yours by Nas. Off of Illmatic, great New York song yeah. and record. This I, I think that um, when making this list... Um, it, uh, curating songs that because maybe there wasn't as much of a selection of what I would say were like really heavily um, influential in my current musical world yeah. um, that I said okay I'm going to reach for some of the stuff that in my younger life was really important to me yeah. and so when before I lived in New York and I was like specifically when I was end of high school in Portland or the beginning years of my college career in Eugene, Oregon um, where I was beginning to smoke cannabis and <laughs> listen to my kind of uh, what I considered to be this kind of like intellectual sort of hip-hop rap, and I was smoking. And uh, this Nas record, you know, everyone knows it. Uh, Illmatic is such a, an influential record. And again, this this whole entire list is things that were influential to me in my young life and that I think represent a high standard of musicianship overall. So Nas, of course... Very lyrical, intellectual uh, flow, and um, executive producer was um, MC Search, uh, and uh, I don't know if he made the beats or what, but uh, just the beats are so—they just sound so smoky and like, and that they—it just like I think of New York when I hear music like that. And, oh and yeah, so that absolutely. Was, that was the uh, kind of impetus of my choice for that Queensbridge yeah. projects. Yeah, hell yeah. Love it. It's an amazing song. Yeah. So let's play them. We've got the Everly Brothers. We've got Nas. We'll be back. Uncle Funkles picks. We use 
Till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes All the words past the margin The whole of mic I'm throbbing Mechanical movement Understandable smooth That murderers move with The thief's theme the Play me at night They won't act right The fiend of hip-hop Has got me stuck like a crack pipe Good mind activation React like I'm facing time Like Pappy Mason With pins I'm embracing Wipe the sweat off my zone Spit the phlegm on the streets Sway Tim's on my beats Makes my cypher complete Weather cruising in a six cab A Montero Jeep I can't call it The beats make me falling asleep, I keep falling, but never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. The world 
world is yours. The world is yours. To my man ill will, God bless your life. To my peoples throughout Queens, God bless your life. I trick we box of crazy aiming guns and all my baby pictures. Beef with housing police, release scriptures, that's maybe Hitler's. Yet I'm the mouth money getting style, rolling foul. The versatile honey sticking wild, golden child dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled, a court by the devil's last. There's no days for broke days We sell it pays While all the old folks pray To Jesus soaking they sins and trays A holy water Odds against nods and slaughter Finger the word best describing my life To name my daughter my strength My son the star will be my resurrection Born in correction All the wrong I did He'll lead in right direction How you live in larger broker Charge cards are mediocre You're flipping coca Playing spit spades and strip poker Yo, the world is yours. The world is yours. I kick my thoughts alone, get remanded, born alone, die alone. No clue to keep my crown or throne, I'm deep, I sound alone. Cave inside a thousand miles from home, I need a new for this black cloud to follow. Cause while it's over me, it's too dark to see tomorrow. Trying to maintain, I flip, feel the clip to the tip. Picturing my peeps, now the ink can make my heartbeat skip. And I'm amped up, they like to champ up, even my brains in handcuffs. Headed for Indiana, stabbing women like the Phantom. The crew is lambing, Big Willie style. Check the chip to smile, plus I profile wow. Stash through the flock, holes burning dollars to light my soul. Walk the blocks with a box. Checking games plus the games people play, bust the problems of the world today. The world is yours. The world is yours. We're back. We're back. We heard Everly Brothers, Nas, Mr. Funkle. That's me. The funkiest uncle of all time. Yep. His selections. Hey. We're having, we had like a blast. Today. Yeah. We had what a, a fucking blast. So, we don't have the release show quite confirmed yet. No. But... But you, uh, if you're listening, you can pretty much count, I think, on it being uh, April 9th at the um, at the Broadway in Bushwick, and uh, um, uh, I think Shadow Years is going to be playing there, like my confirmed act. So awesome! Oh man, and and you can listen to the rest of Uncle Funkle's discography via unclefunkle.bandcamp.com. So true. That's U N K L E. Yes. Don't. Don't try to spell it with the C. Uncle with a K, Funkle with a K. Okay. F-U-N-K-L-E dot bandcamp dot com. Watch People. out for that autocorrect because Yeah, it'll fuck you. It'll fuck you. It'll up. bring you to some other shit. Some other Uncle Funkle. <laughs> that you don't want to go to. It's also available on all streaming services as well. All right. We will see. And we're gonna end the show because we didn't play a White Fang song during the first set. 
I Love School, which you said was kind of a solo song that you brought. This was a uh, this was a song that I had recorded um, for a uh, unknown solo application, and uh, it was just agreed to when we were in the studio studio with Bobby Harlow um, to record and um, I think it makes sense as the most recent uh, full length album by White Fang which is old now um, that uh, it was one that I wrote and sang on and so why not include it I Love School from White Fang's 2015 album Chunks mm. to end the show. Yummy. What a pleasure it was talking to you, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. It, the pleasure was all mine, and thank you very much. Hey, thanks for buying our record. This is me, I'm Funkle. Hey.